Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, folks. We're excited to get to, into this one. I want to let you know we're going to do the same thing as what we've been doing all day, which is prior to the debate, we're going to do a vote in terms of which way you lean more. And this is for, we are excited to partner with our sponsor for this event, Manifold, which is linked in the description box. If you're watching online, folks, I want to tell you to check out that link right now. You can actually predict who is going to win this debate tonight if you check out that Manifold link in the description box. They helped us with this event, making it possible. Don't wait. Vote now. And you can vote in person. So if you want to use your phone and get your camera, just get that QR code, and you can actually vote right here as well. And last but not least, the way we'll determine the winner and settle the actual market from Manifold is by this vote of hands. Before and after, whatever percentage change goes in whatever direction, it'll make more sense at the end. All right, first... If you lean in any way, any degree, toward Chud Logic's position, the left has gone too far, please put your hand up. But uh, let's say where you're like, I, it's a serious concern, where you're like, yeah, it resonates. By the way, I feel like we put the left on trial so much today. <laughs> Next time, I promise, we'll put the right on trial. It'll be, has the right gone too far? If you are, would say, no, I don't really think the left has gone too far, could you slip your hand up? Okay, cool. So we'll do a percentage change at the end, and we'll let you know what that is. But we're going to kick it into our opening statements, the first being from Chud. Chud, we're thrilled to have you here. We almost missed out on having you. The floor is all yours. Thank you. Um, first of all, don't forget to pick up your bumper stickers. I believe they're available somewhere. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, get the super chats in. Let's get some fucking super chats on the go. Um, was I supposed to prepare? How long is this? Ten, guys, guys. Ten minutes. How long am I supposed to speak for? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. What? Five to ten. You take what you want. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, has the left gone too far? I mean, I think that you know, the reality is, everyone here knows, and you know as well, this is just true. I think that everyone has seen that tape. They've seen that tweet. They've seen that stream of a lefty streamer, and they've had that feeling in their gut of this is fucking insane. What the fuck is this person talking about? What is this person saying? Um, I don't know what your position is and what your argument is going to be exactly, but, uh, but yeah, I think we can obviously get into it. I've got a couple of um, things we can frame it around, and if you want to bring in anything, obviously you can. Um, but yeah, um, that's it, basically. Let's just get into it. Has the left gone too far on social issues is the broad framing of the, of the debate. Um, I would need a... Like, so how do we quantify too far? And Chud may have the quantification for what he considers to be too far. Um, I will answer that question, but I want to provide somewhat of a, a historical perspective on this. Because we can go back to, um, when, when we look through the history of social progress, at least here in the United States, this country I'm from, I've never been to any other country, so I can't really speak for other countries, but here, in the United States, when we look back through the history of social progress, we can start with, say, the feminist movement. The people who fought for women's rights, who fought in um, the feminist movement in the 1920s, were not traditionalists and were not conservatives. They were liberals. They were people that are much closer to left-wing policies than they are right-wing policies. And then we can go from there to the civil rights movement, which was largely opposed by traditionalists and conservatives, particularly in the South. We've all heard of George Wallace and how he was a noted Southern conservative man, not a liberal. So the people who fought for the rights of black people in this country 
were much more aligned with left-wing policies of egalitarianism and equality than they were the right. And we can even look at modern movements today, um, the LGBTQ movement, the trans movement. It's pretty obvious in the United States at least which side of the political aisle stands in opposition to these movements. And even, even other social movements, the, uh, the green energy movement, largely opposed by conservatives and supported by the left. So it seems that when it comes to social progress in our society, at least here in the United States, and fighting for that social progress, advocating for that social progress, that seems to be the left. Has the left gone too far on social issues? I would say no. I think that they haven't gone far enough. They focus too much on infighting rather than advocacy and organization. And I think that when leftists really start to organize and advocate that we can see more of that social progress that we, the left, have fought for throughout history. All right, we're going to kick it into an open dialogue, so uh, we'll kick back over to you, Chad, for uh, oh my thoughts on what you just heard. Yeah, sure. Um, look, okay, it was a nice, nice thing there. Um, I think the thing is there's this kind of romanticized vision of the left where it's like, uh, you know, about social progress and black people and LGBT and this kind of thing, right? But the truth of it is um, that's not really... I mean, we can get into maybe some, like, culture war stuff if you want. Um, I'm thinking more so along the lines of, like, Terrorism apologia. Terrorism apologia. I don't see that on the left. And by the way, you said something about like it's more of a flowery image of the left, but everything I listed is concrete. It okay. happened. It okay. was fought for by the left. So you've not so seen. Wait, wait, wait. I don't understand so you've, how you've this not could seen, be a flowery seen, vision of the you've left. You've not seen any terrorism apologia. What we've seen is the left. You've not seen any this. terrorism apologia. I've that seen you're... terrorism apologia in the world. I think that. Okay, but not from the left. From people on the left, but not the left. No. Right, okay, so we're going to get into a debate then about what is the left, you know, does this person represent the left, does that person represent the left? I mean, no one person represents the entire left, but I think there's an adequate trend that we can point to around the Hamas terrorist attack on the 7th of October um, to, to, yeah, clearly point out that there's just absolute insanity that has occurred around this topic. Like what specifically from the left? Um, okay, so on the day of the attack, um, there were numerous Twitter accounts that were posting um, just the most unhinged, uh, talking about it being a revolution, talking about it being, uh, you know, the, the oppressed rising up against the oppressors. Are you familiar with this at all? Yeah, I saw those tweets. I don't understand how that's the left. Right, okay. So what is the left to you then? The left is a broad social movement usually characterized by people pushing for egalitarianism, equality, and fairness in the world. Now, I can get way more into like the philosophy okay. of it, but I So we're going to get into that. a conversation about like what for is the left. Sake. Okay. Does does Hassan Piker represent the left, do you think? A what? Hassan Piker. I don't know what that is. Hassan Piker. Or, oh, Hassan Piker. I thought you said a sand piker. So that's my British accent. Does, does Hassan Piker it's represent the left? Biggest, biggest, really? biggest political streamer, socialist streamer on the biggest streaming platform. I would say that he would you, probably he does, identify as a leftist, but, but he doesn't I, represent he's not the, left. the left. No. Okay, okay. So 
I don't know how we're going to. Assange's fallen this. off anyway, so that terrible well, he's, example. Well, he's not really fallen off at all. I don't understand how you can say that Assange doesn't represent the left. It feels like a very easy opportunity if someone on the left does something that we think is worthy I of criticism. I think he's a leftist. You can swerve around it by going, oh, oh, but he doesn't represent policy. the left. He does represent the left. Assange is the lefty think, streamer. No, I don't he think is. he represents the left. To me, that's like saying Richard Dawkins represents atheists. No, we don't really Richard have Dawkins like these absolutely represents community like, leaders the atheist like movement. that. So, and that's. Okay, I mean, if, if this is going to be a conversation where we're just going to deny that thought leaders on the left just don't exist and they're not relevant, I mean, Hassan, thought leaders. Hassan, oh, that, Hassan Paul, how, okay. okay, this is going to be a very a fucking retarded, movement. autistic conversation, I can tell already. If So, I mean, yeah, you are not willing really to, you are not willing to, to you, you, okay, you are not willing to admit that Hassan is a significant representation of the left. A significant representation of the left? I don't think so. Okay, so the biggest socialist political streamer on Twitch on the biggest streamer platform is not a significant representation well, of the left. his size I don't think really matters, so no. Right. I don't care that so he's the biggest mil- mil- over, I don't know how, Twitch what, 2 million streamer. sub YouTube, he gets 10, um, you know, 30, 40,000 views, irrelevant to you. I mean, uh, no, I just don't care about appeals to his popularity. That's not really an argument for anything. Right, okay. But if someone is popular amongst lefties, they must have some representation of the left, surely. Some representation. I mean, they, people might like his ideas, but he's not. I just some, think like, it's insane that you're not in willing to the, admit a very simple point that Assan is a representation of the left. Yeah, and a pretty I don't significant think he is. One. I don't think Vosh is okay, a representation who is, of the who left. Who is a representation? Okay. Any other of these big what, what is your okay? What is your representation of the left? What is your representation of the left? The ideas that it holds to. Those represent right. the left okay. and what the left is and what the left. So how do we how 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 do you criticize excesses amongst the left if we're not able to do that by pointing out individuals that have got a lot of sway? Terror, fuck! I just fucking said terrorism apologia. How can I criticize that by calling it out and saying this is dumb? People shouldn't do this. Right. Okay. But that's. I mean, I don't know how we're going to really move forward if you're not willing to accept that Assan is like a representative of the left, a significant representative of the left, because apparently he's irrelevant because he doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It's just. I don't know how we're going to move. No, forward. I just haven't heard an argument that he is. You just. You've just appealed to. Well, he's popular with people on the left, so he represents the. Well, that is. Man. That is the argument. Well, I don't buy your argument. I think it's kind of a shitty argument. Right. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just insane to me. It seems so absurd that there's no ground given on the idea that Hassan is representative of the left. When people think of lefty content creators, Hassan is like one of the top names that you're going to see and you're going to hear about. That's great. What is your broader point of bringing up Hassan? Well, the reason I'm bringing up Hassan is because I feel like, as he is the biggest streamer on the biggest streaming platform, he is engaged in some of the most insane atrocity, apologia, um, one-sided ideologue arguments about Israel-Palestine, um, the hospital explosion, he spent an entire stream um, just just pushing out misinformation based on analysis that you're seeing on Twitter. Like, this is the kind of thing that I think are the, is the excess of the left. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But Hassan isn't the left. I disagree with a lot of what Hassan has, has said. This is why you want me to admit that he's representative of the left, so that you can say what this one person, who happens to be a leftist, is saying and doing, represents probably hundreds of millions of people around the planet. And that's not the way it works. The left is no one person. The left no, is of a course broad not. But, group but, but of people. The thing so is, there's always going to be representatives one, and people are prominent. Said, is never going to show that that is what the left 
thinks or believes. Okay, I think I think you're too case. autistically focused on like the exact name of the debate when the whole point of it is to speak I about be figures. I shouldn't focused on the topic of the We're debate. trying to talk about figures within the left. That's the whole point of having this I conversation. I thought this was about the left, not one specific figure in the left or a few specific figures in the left. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how we're going to move forward with this then. I mean, if you're not willing to accept so that Hassan is a significant representative of the left, I don't know. What, I don't know what to tell you. Have I mean, any other arguments for how the left may have gone too far? Or do you just want to say Hassan said some dumb shit and then this other person said some dumb shit, so the left has gone too far? Just so we don't go, <clears throat> this might be a good chance to refresh something new in terms of a prompt. So I do want to do something new that we haven't tried before. Which is that if anybody in the audience has a topic that you think would be a good prompt, I, we do have prompts up here as well, but we do want to give you a chance if there's a particular, as a, just a quick example, someone online said uh, the leftist position on, and this is one I'm not trying to stack the deck, I'm not trying to imply that it's too far of the left, but it's something debate, debate is whether or not trans women and women's sports. Like, has oh, the left gone too far on that? Or maybe it's not the case that the left has gone too far on that. That's just an example in case you haven't. Go ahead. Uh, maybe it's like a clarifying question. How do you guys define what you consider to be the left? Like, what are, what are the, like, obviously you're not polling 500 million people and asking them, are you the left? What do you believe in? Uh, what might be your way of deciding what the left believes? Who do you decide who is the left? Because you guys seem to disagree on that point. Can one of you repeat the question just for the uh, online audience? Yeah, um, if the question is regarding how do we define what the left is. And um, I did provide at least a brief Yeah, I think definition. You, your, your definition of the left is everyone in the world that, uh, you know, That is was a not what I said was that the left, leftism. Oh, no, you said the left represents so the left millions would be of people. people who are leftists. And yeah, I would, I would say that there's probably hundreds of millions of people around the planet that are leftists. Uh, that's not relevant to what it means mm. to be a leftist, to hold to leftism, which is generally defined as a broad social idea centered around fairness, equality, egalitarianism, the reduction or abolition of um, social hierarchies, things of that nature. So when you believe sure. things like that, that would yeah. qualify you as a leftist. I have no idea. I'm not Hassan. I don't really The question care is, does Hassan I believe I those things? Up Hassan. I don't follow sure. him. Well, the, I don't the reason I'm bringing videos. up Hassan is because my view of the left may be a slightly different to yours, and that's why yeah, we're having this problem. Your view of the left must just be whatever Hassan thinks or says, and that's um, just not how no. the world works. <laughs> okay, no, my left, view of the left is not just what Hassan thinks. He's just a popular figure on the left with a lot of mm -hmm. clout and a lot of viewership and a lot of sway yeah. with the biggest streaming platform in the world. So he's someone that's worth talking and about. And I would and bet most leftists on. in the world probably don't know who he is. Well, sure, but the, the thing, the, okay. So this is what I'm trying to say. You're broadening it out to the entirety of the left. I think that the thing that's worth talking about in this conversation are thought leaders, you know, people with opinions, people with perspectives that have sway and are able to I put thoughts <clears throat> out there. I do understand that, but just because it looks like neither of you is, uh, we've come to an impasse, I think we do want to go to a couple of prompts. Sure. Trump or Ben Shapiro or Matt Walsh or Michael Knowles says this, right. or would you say they don't represent the right because the right stands for conservative principles, blah, blah, blah? Can you repeat the question for the online audience? Yeah, so it was about whether um, um, like Donald Trump and other figures like that represent the right or whether the right is more represented by their principles. And um, I think, well, you know, where do those principles come from? Over history, they've come from thought leaders, people that have pushed those ideas forward. We live in a mo modern social media age, 
Um, it used to be that some of these principles and ideas came from books, like Karl Marx is a big representative, in my opinion, of the left. But obviously, times have changed. I don't think Hassan is Karl, like Karl Marx or that um, you know, influential, but I think he is influential enough to be considered in a conversation about whether the left has gone too far because he holds a lot of sway over you know, a broad um, you know, uh, sway of people um, you know, in America and other places. So to answer Destiny's question, what I would say is that, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that agree with those figures, and I think that those figures do sway the way that a lot of people on the right think. But mind you, I never denied that Hassan sways the way a lot of people on the left might think. But the thing is, is that, number one, I don't think that's most leftists, and number two, I think most of those people are probably going to be largely online, and I just mm. don't think that yet that's representative of the left. Can you think of any representatives for the left that you would list and Question. say these people? No. Of the left. I don't think so. Not for like those kinds of broad sort of. Okay, so how can you possibly? Okay. Just so that's one question. I'm sorry, that's one question. If no figure represents the left, no figure then represents by the left, then by definition, the left can never go too far. Because you define the left as an inflexible ideology. That was the question. Well, I think, so Destiny's saying that, well, if you define the left in this vague way, then it's the left can never go too far because there isn't anybody that represents it that could do something that we could consider as going too far. And what I would say is that I think that if we can show that most people who, who adhere to some ideology are engaged in some action, then we can say that that group has gone too far. And so I think that we can show that the left has gone too far on things. It would just be a matter of showing that a majority of people, even within a defined region like the United States, that hold to that ideology have gone too far on something. And that's just such that a, might such be, a that might definition. Be a it's just an to me, it's, but it's like, it's like trying to argue with fucking done. jelly. It's impossible, isn't it? Because the left is a very disparate group. I literally just explained how it's possible, right, but I see you weren't listening. Um... I actually haven't really looked into that enough to have to feel comfortable expressing like hard opinions, something that I'm like committed to. But from what I have seen and heard from experts, there we we really can't observe any immediate harm from allowing transitioned trans women to compete in in women's sports. Okay. Um, from what I know about it, my understanding is uh, that there were more recent studies, I believe, about 2021. Um, that showed that going through a male puberty um, led to an increased uh, muscle mass and bone density in some cases by like what, seven, seven or 8%. So for certain, especially like high contact sports, it does lead to an advantage that cannot be reduced even if you go onto um, you know, certain hormones. So you, uh, the problem you've got is uh, you, you can't get rid of it. So unfortunately, in order to keep it fair, um, trans women in certain sports aren't gonna be able to compete um, with, with cisgender females. Um, so yeah, that's my understanding of it. I can't really comment or speculate to that specifically. I'd have to look at the research, but I can say that if it is shown that there are direct and explicit competitive advantages, then I do think that that qualifies finding a different approach. I'm not going to necessarily say excluding trans women from sports or trans men from sports, but finding some alternative path that, that, is, that is fair and equal. But the problem that you've got then, 
I'm, I'm sorry to bring about this again, but like, there's lots of people on the left that do have different thoughts about this, even of amongst the left. This is why it's hard for people to be representative of very broad groups. Um, sure, but then that's the issue, isn't it? Is you've created a situation where it's impossible for your side to lose because it's so disparate, and you could go, oh, well, this person on the left says this, and this person on the left says that, and they disagree. Obviously, the left eating itself language. is a big meme. Um, so, you know, I just feel like focusing and talking about big figures on the left that have got a lot of influence. Um, I'm willing to talk about them and things that they've said, but okay. I'm not going to say that that equates to the left necessarily saying or believing that. Okay. Listen, all due respect, do we have to pronounce? I mean, just, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, should we respect the pronouns of people that, that killed 50 people, kids in school? I mean, that, that sure, it's a, it's a polite thing to do, but you, you shouldn't, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a polite thing to do. Sure. Well, firstly, to reiterate the, the audience member's question for those in the live chat on YouTube and potentially other streaming services, he's asking, in the instance, uh, pronouns with respect to, like, somebody who's done something off awful, like the the trans person who shot what where was that? I can't even remember where that was at. What was that? National Tennessee. Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Jesus, my listening skills are just terrible today, I guess. Um, I, I think yes, because I don't think pronouns has something to do with morality like that. Like they did something wrong, it shouldn't matter. That this is who they are. Just like if somebody's name was Mike and then they shot up a school, they had their name changed to David and shot up a school, should we call them Mike? I mean, what difference does it make? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I've got a pretty progressive position on, on pronouns. I don't really have much disagreement with uh, the idea that they shouldn't be taken away as a punishment for bad behavior. Um, you know, I think the reality is, uh, yeah, it's just a polite thing to do. So I don't know if there's much, I don't know if there's much disagreement to get into there. So Leo, would you, uh, so say like, um, I don't think Tucker Carlson represents the right. You no, I think right. I think that these figures are big and are respected by people within the relevant um, uh, within the relevant I ideological framework. But because there's so much variant, just like I don't think that um, any like very large trans figure represents trans people. And, you know, but, you'll but, talk about people who represent the black community, you know, Morgan Freeman or other big names. I don't, I don't agree with that. I just, I don't look at broad communities or broad ideological frameworks that way. I just think there's too much so variance. Influential, that maybe you could use influential on the left. I could agree with that, that framework, yes. But why, it seemed kind of disingenuous whenever you kind of grilled Chud for bringing up, you know, Hassan because he doesn't represent the left. But if he still holds like an influential ground in the left, so maybe the question should have been, have leftist influencers gone too far? Maybe that would have been a better debate topic because arguing about what is the left? Oh, it's all of everyone in the world that's a lefty and these values and these ideas. It's kind of fucking boring, isn't it? Let's so have leftist influencers gone too far? Some of them, yes. Okay, so now <laughs> some of them have, some of them haven't. Okay, brilliant. Well, you specified gonna, it to the influencers, and there's a small amount of those. Chat, I can tell you're autistic. That's all I'm going to say. I'm okay. Yes, I am. Well, guys, let's not. I'm going to ask anybody who wants to come and have a question, or if they want to promote the conversation, you can come up and say it in the microphone so our audience can hear you. That would be appreciated. Uh, Kelly Plum uh, says, "How does Leo feel about the the stop oil protests, and how are they changing?" 
people's minds. Uh, a good buddy of mine actually changed my perspective on the Just Stop Oil movement. I don't think what they're doing is um, in any way meaningfully helpful. I think it's largely pushing the, the broad community, largely within England, because that's, that's where they're at, or the United Kingdom, I should say. Um, I think they're pushing the public opinion against them. Um, and I think mm. that they should find, the, and I think that there are much better ways to go about the advocacy that they're trying to engage in than what they're doing. That's funny. What, what did you tweet out to that guy about that before you Yeah, that's him? the guy I talked to, and he yeah. changed my mind. I just said that. What did you say in your tweet, though? I don't remember. That was like three... Mm. It was something along the lines. Two. It was something along the lines of, um, basically, you were trying to point out that he cared more about traffic than human lives. Something that? like that. Yeah, I don't see what that matters. Well, it matters because you weighed in so heavily about a topic you clearly had no idea about. Well, I had an idea about it. My mind was just changed on it. Mm, okay. All right, help us out, Grayson. So, uh, Chud, just I wanted to ask, independent of any individuals on the left or any influencers or whatever, do you think that there's anything ideologically like left that does go too far? That's what I thought the topic was going to be about. Is he was going to bring up the ideological factors that he thinks have gone too far, but that's not what it was anyway. Sorry. It's fine, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, uh, the, the kind of biggest issue that I see is this kind of um, rationalization of hatred towards people. Um, you know, I often quote this Aldous Huxley thing where he talks about how if you want to, you know, drive um, favor in some cause, just promise people they'll have the chance of mistreating someone. And I think there's certain things that have happened that are often just online stupid shit, but it kind of speaks to a deeper issue where, you know, um, for example, you can call white people crackers and that's totally fine because it's not as bad as calling black people slurs. Um, and I think people kind of relish that and they enjoy it. It's like they've got a morally justified reason to just engage in pure hatred towards someone. Um, and I think it's a very toxic kind of concept and it just seems to have gotten worse and worse and worse as time has gone on, particularly um, with the recent, you know, Hamas atro uh, atrocity apologia, you know, um, concepts like any settler is a justified target, um, you know, and, and so on. Obviously, there's the kind of uh, Hassan, Ethan Klein drama that's happened and they've fallen out over that. Um, but yeah, I think that is a really good example of um, that kind of issue spilling out into more of a mainstream perspective. The only thing I would say uh, with respect to what Chad Logic said is, uh, and this is coming from a colored person who's obviously on the left, don't, don't call white people crackers. <laughs> like, even if you don't think it's racist or anything, just don't do it. It's, kind of, it's just dumb. Just, just stop, please. Do, do you think there is like a kind of, uh, uh, this, this toxic idea of being cool to people and that sort of thing? Do I think that, I'm sorry, can you repeat that again? Do, do you think that what I said about there being this kind of toxic concept of being cruel to people and taking pleasure in it and justifying it, do you think that's the thing? That exists yeah, I that? think people do that, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think there are a lot of people out there that are cruel because they, they want to be cruel, they want to feel superior to others. All right. Push our conversation there, Ozian. Chad Logic, do you think there are um, thought leaders on the left that are, uh, in your opinion, on the right side of the Israel-Hamas conflict? I'd say the, uh, the one person I would recommend to go and watch would be uh, Lonerbox because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was able to give a very strong condemnation of the terrorist attack whilst also promoting a, a pro-Palestine position, but doing it in a way that doesn't confuse it with any sort of anti-Semitism. And I think, you know, one of the issues that you've got now is... For example, if someone is saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, 
is it a you know a, a sort of progressive um, lefty saying it? Is it an Islamist saying it? Is it a neo-Nazi saying it? You know, it's become impossible in some cases to determine who it is you're exactly dealing with. And I think Lona Box really cuts through a lot of that. He's able to tell you about the history and is able to you know give you valuable insights that I think can better allow you to better understand the conflict. I agree with you, Leo. Don't call people that. Yeah. Like, I don't appreciate it either. I, like, like I think it's all language. If you're going to insult people, you can insult people, but it can turn into a rasp. Mm -hmm. I think there are some things that we should just not say to certain people. You just shouldn't do it. To whether it's black people, trans people, it, 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 it doesn't matter. There are certain things you just don't say. And I think that in certain instances, if you happen to say, you deserve to get punched in the face like you see when these black men on these videos do that because some white crazy person decided to call them the N-word to their face. Fighting words. You need to be humble. You, you, you deserve to be humbled. You just do. <laughs> yeah, fighting words can be um, well, a problem yeah. in parts of the U.S. <laughs> yes. Any other thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that stuff like a, a, a sort of adoption of violence as a solution to problems um, is something that is kind of kind of prevalent on the left. There is this kind of bloodthirst that people have. And I think you saw it very explicitly in this recent incident with Hamas Israel um, and the terrorist attack. But also, I, I think that it's been building up for a while. You know, it started off with like memes about punching Richard Spencer, you know, and then that takes hold a lot more strongly. And the idea that violence is the acceptable solution to, you know, further and more more and further and less egregious acts um you know kind of takes hold and uh yeah i think it's a, a big issue just to, to follow on from that because i think that's a great point one of your kinfolk at churchill i think was the one who said we've progressed far enough from barbarism to contain it and i think that probably goes to the point of i don't think anybody should be able to say anything to you that'll cause you to act to violence in other words, I think, and especially in a debate setting like this, where this is a debate con, things have been said today that offended me that I thought were crazy. But the point of the debate... Oh, you should have seen too, last night. Right? I should have come last night. My friend didn't take me, sorry. So at the end of the, the, the round, I think, I think we have to look to say, is using the N-word or using the, the C-word or the K-word or whatever these other racial disparaging comments are, should that then automatically allow somebody to punch you in the face? And I think absolutely not. I think that is the, that is the downfall of, of what we've done over the last few years, in, especially in America, where it's become more polarized, more tribal, and more like othering people, whether it's on the right or the left. And then that becomes a huge problem because then you can't actually have the free flow of ideas to discuss what does it mean to say you've gone too far, what is too far? Forget the whole debate of what's the left, but what is too far? Because progress by its nature is going to make conservative people feel uncomfortable because you're trying to progress through to a new thing and conservative people by their nature want to things stay the way they were because mm -hmm. they feel comfortable with that. And I don't think either one of those positions are right or wrong. But within the position, I think we could tackle various aspects of that to say that particular, like a man participating in a woman's sport, you could say that's not correct. But now if you're a trans man or a trans woman, is, is it then okay, like opening up to an open field where anybody can participate in what's traditionally called the men's sport when you when you section of a part of society is that just women can participate in the sport, this part of it, then you need to have def definitions of what that is, and that's where it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. But if we allow to just punch people because they say things that offend us or are contrary to our beliefs, then, then where do we go from there? We'll let them chew on that for a while. Yeah. Okay, so what's next? What are we doing now? What's what happens now? I, I, I don't know. What? 
Is this get some super chats in. Come this, on. Is Let's this when they bring in the dancing lobsters? I'm not seeing any dancing lobsters. I don't know. What were the issues that you had, Chuck? I mean, are those all that you had in terms of? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that the uh, the terrorism apologia. I think that although Leo seems completely uh, blind to the terrorism apologia that's oh, occurred no, amongst the left, oh no, I from Hassan. I just don't think it's representative of, of the, the the left. Okay, sure. So this is, the, I mean, again, I feel like just leave them back around to the same conversation, where you know we we can't ever say that something is prevalent on the left because we can just say well it's certain individuals when I think that you know even if you don't agree I think certainly people here would agree and viewers would agree um, that there are certain trends that you notice um, by engaging with social media yes it's driven by uh, the algorithms and stuff like that um, but you know for example there's some guy called Black Redguard okay he did a YouTube video and uh, it was uh, it was gun control no cracker control yes right he's some fucking shitter okay he's a glup shitto no one knows who the fuck he is, really. Some Marxist Leninist retard, okay? But he put out a tweet that said, I want Hamas to win. And the last I checked, that tweet had 60,000 likes. It sounds like a tanky. Tankies yeah, aren't sure. leftists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tangies aren't leftists. So this is exactly what I'm saying. You're just eliminating any group that does bad stuff. No, well, there's reasons leftists. why I think that, but I'm just, I'm not going to get into tankies right now. So. Okay. Well, tankies derived their theory from... With respect from, to what you uh, said, I, I don't think that because Hassan said something that, the le that this is now prevalent on the left. I just, okay. I don't think that's how that works. You keep trying to, like, shame me for that. Well, okay, okay. That's the common sense view. Going I back don't to the, think it is. Tankies derived their because theory. Because I don't think that if, like, some huge young earth creationist, Protestant, Christian nationalist, um, like our, our speaker of the house right now, um, said some really dumb thing about, like the earth is only six, about 6,500 years old, that that's representative of Christianity. I don't think that's a, because one person in some group yeah, says okay. a thing doesn't mean that, some, oh, well, that's Okay, look, 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 here's the, the thing. You might have some fucking whack job among, from Christianity that says some crazy shit. Yeah, sure, there's some fucking whack job. I'm not talking about crazy whack jobs. I'm talking about prominent thought leaders, people that are big fucking yeah, crazy in the space. Yeah, prominent thought leaders like, you know, Joel Osteen and many others. Anyway, to, just, to quickly, just to quickly speak to your point about tankies, this dismissal of tankies that I see from lefties is insane, okay? There's a reason that most Tankies derive their theory from Marxism-Leninism, okay? Which Joseph Stalin created, blending together Leninist thought and Marxist thought, to put it very simply, right? I'm not how a Marxist-Leninist, uh, so. Okay, but how on earth are you going to deny that that is the left? That is the left, part of the left at least. Because they, they're not they, leftists. they tend to support authoritarian policies, not leftist policies. Okay, and support authoritarian, authoritarian policies, totalitarian countries policies. like China and Russia, and you know, tend to support organizations like so you're, Hamas. You're, listen, and you other you are never going to be in a position where you can Russia call out the excesses. Ukraine. Yeah, I just because think it's authoritarian. You will just chop off anyone that's doing bad stuff. No, I stuff. just think that if somebody's doing authoritarianism, then they're not on the left. The left is opposed okay. to authoritarianism. So the left are the good guys. Excellent. Great. Okay, let's continue. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, yeah. That's unironically, the left are the good guys. I thought right, that was okay. obvious. <laughs> <laughs> the left are the good guys. Okay, there we go. Mr. Philosophizer over here. Guys. Let's push the you want to talk yeah. philosophy? I'd love so, to. So I'm sorry to interrupt this great conversation. <laughs> uh, but, Chud Logic, you said that there's been uh, ha uh, Hamas apologia, mm. terrorist apologia on the left. And I'm not going to discount that, but I want to understand from your perspective, maybe Leo's perspective, how to like better do that. Because if I say that they're some of the Hamas attacks are blowback because of things that the Israeli government has done, not justifying it, saying that it's blowback, how 9-11 happened. Is that me 
they're doing apologia for Hamas, even if they get fucked or not. Okay, so, right. The day of the attack, right, you had prominent lefties coming out and talking about it being a revolution and the oppressors rising up, okay? So first of all, there's a lot of fucking concluding going on there, okay? Which is insane in and of itself. Um, but to refer to like a terrorist attack in that, in that way is obviously disgusting. Some people have ended up, um, you know, deleting their tweets. There is a way to make that point. You can talk about, you know, uh, Israel's, uh, the issues of Israel, absolutely. But I think it's got to come with a strong condemnation of Hamas. And it's become a bit of a meme because sometimes people are not even saying anything that indicates that they support Hamas. And it's like, do you condemn Hamas? And it's kind of a bit insane because, you know, why would someone have to condemn Hamas if they're not even really talking about that? The reason it's become so prominent recently is because, at this, particularly at the start, there were people and it's like, not only are you not willing to condemn Hamas, you're fucking supporting them. So as, as frustrating as it is for people to have to deal with that if they're not really defending Hamas, I think it's quite clear that it's rooted in the fact that people were either not um, condemning it initially or in some cases supporting it. So I think it's possible to do that. Um, I've seen statements from like Ilhan Omar, AOC, that made it very explicitly clear about condemning the Hamas attacks. Bernie Sanders also condemned the Hamas attacks. He's also spoken repeatedly in the past about Israel and continues to do so. And I've not really caught up on it because I was on a flight. But um, people now are turning on Bernie Sanders because apparently he's not saying exactly the right thing about what Israel should do, which is kind of insane to me. Um, uh, maybe Bernie Sanders doesn't represent the left to you. Um, but, you know, certainly I think that the idea that Bernie Sanders now is getting turned on um, by people like Brianna Joy Gray, who was the oh press God. officer for Bernie Sanders... Fuck. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely fucking absurd that even that is not adequate enough to, to placate these fucking bloodthirsty lefties. Right. Right. Vivant your blood. Sure. Uh, anybody mind if I just ask to go ahead? All, yeah. all right. Here you go. Yeah. So over the past few years, we can kind of agree, I hope so, that on the right, we've seen a kind of divide up here because of Trump and the separation between neocons, Trump, rhinos, and so on. Uh, would you at least say that there's a similar rift that's started to form on the left, at least with the social understanding with the pro-Palestinian versus pro-Israeli conflicts, how BLM has started up and started kind of justifying these illiberal processes or ideas like justifying shoplifting or so, so on, actions like that. Those have become more and more sporadic on the left and have just started to get larger and larger. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, there's now at this point multiple like uh, bread tube videos, although that is kind of dying off a bit as a, as a concept. There's like multiple videos where people are just justifying like endless wanton shoplifting. Um, you know, I think that that's rooted maybe in a good place somewhere. You know, if someone's hungry for a loaf of bread, by all means, go and take a loaf of bread if you need to and we'll look the other way. Um, you know, but I think that uh, it's difficult because there are lots of Twitter videos that are very kind of uh, provocative and they make you think, oh, this is prevalent, this is happening everywhere. How regular it's happening, how often it's happening, obviously um, not, not certain. But I think, you know, it really gets to the heart of an issue that I think some lefties have where they just can't look at someone and go, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. That's bad. I don't think people should do that. I don't think that a horde of shoplifters should run into a store and just steal a load of stuff. Because regardless of whether or not we want to make an argument about how badly it affects the store, it definitely affects like the social cohesion of our society where you know, people are potentially afraid to go into a store because that might happen. Or their shopping experience fucking sucks because everything's locked behind perspex screens. Um, yeah. I actually agree with the, the whole shoplifting thing. I don't... I don't I, it doesn't make sense to me. If you, I mean, if you, if you steal a t-shirt from Walmart, should you be thrown in jail for 20 years? No. I mean... But should, should there be reprimand? Yes. 
Yeah, and to keep going off that, would you say that at least populism has kind of like enamored the right? And would you say a similar type of populism has started to enamor the left? This kind of goes back to the, has the left gone too far? Sure. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think, um, you know, there is, there is, horseshoe theory is kind of mocked a bit, but I think the populist left and the populist right do tend to come to agreement on, uh, on certain topics. And uh, yeah, it's an issue. And I think that there is a troubling trend where um, we're, we're moving away from fact-based analysis and actually thinking about, is this true, is this true? And, uh, you know, just uh, engaging with kind of the ultimate provocative types of content off of Twitter and things like that to come to our, con our conclusions. I would also agree with that. I do see that on the left because there are <laughs> a lot of idiots on the left, left. I'm actually quite critical of the left, particularly the online left myself. So, yeah. Uh, Chad, is there anybody on the right that you think is a good representative of like the positions that you have, that you would, you would be open to being criticized? Adolf Hitler. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Jesus okay. Fuck this um, on the on the right, on the right, uh, there, there probably there probably is um, someone. I, I'm, when someone asks me a question like that, bang, it's difficult for me to think of a name. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Hitler's the best I've got. Okay, that's. I'm going to leave it at that. Go ahead. Is there anybody on the right that? N n no. No. Sorry. There's people that are, I guess you could say, on the right that I'm, like, okay with, yeah. you know? I'll tell you, okay, name some righty influencer types and righty thought leaders, and I'll, anyone? Trump? <laughs> that is one thing we should get into, is talking about politicians who represent those values and uh, what that could mean for society, so. What was, the, I didn't catch quite the beginning of. Uh, so you're talking about thought leaders, but we should also try to talk about sure. politicians, politicians and the lawmakers and people that are. Nikki Haley. Oh, oh you, you want us to talk about like politicians, you yes. mean? Tucker Carlson. He's not a politician, thankfully. Um, are there any politicians that you think represent the left or the right ideology? And do you, what, what kind of. What kind of implementa implementation of their values do you think is good for society? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's tricky at the moment, isn't it? Because, I mean, polling at the moment is like neck and neck between Biden and Trump. And Trump is on the precipice of becoming like a convicted criminal. So it's pretty fucking insane that that is the state of American politics. Um, it's a fucking joke over here, man. So, so yeah, and, and the problem is, is that because of the kind of purity testing on the left, and we're seeing this right now, happening right now on Twitter with uh, Bernie Sanders. You know, Bernie Sanders has not got a strong enough position on Israel-Palestine, despite the fact it is an extremely difficult thing to get right as a politician. Um, you know, there is just a, a sort of flurry of blood for him, uh, a sort of uh, backstabbing, if you like, of all these lefties that are turning on him, going, oh, I fucking, I canvassed for you, and I did this for you, and I did that for you. Um, you know, so, so Trump, is it going to be a fucking convicted criminal and he's widely supported on the right? You know, Bernie Sanders um, says something a bit wrong about Israel-Palestine, still says the bombing is bad and should stop, but says humanitarian pause rather than a ceasefire. And that is enough for all these people to turn on him. So, you know, I think it just demonstrates how the purity testing that the lefties do is just utterly out of control in that circumstance. Um, for me... There are politicians I like and support, 
but I would not say that there are any that represent me, because there are no Marxist politicians in the United States of America, as far <laughs> as I know, unless it's at some local level in some town somewhere in California or something like that. Um, but politicians like Bernie Sanders, I still largely support. And I, d I do think you are right that there is a lot of purity, purity testing on the left. That's one of the things I'm quite critical of about the left. Um, I do like AOC, Ilhan Omar, the, the squad, the eight or nine that are relatively progressive. I, do, I like them. I support them. Um, the, this, is, this is the thing, right, is those politicians are squeezed by... Um, the further left. Like the way it's supposed to work is you've got further left politicians in like a political party and then the left of them squeeze them to move them in a direction that maybe you get a compromise on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like they're just moving in completely the wrong direction, you know? Like um, chastising a politician over whether they say humanitarian pause or ceasefire um, seems utterly insane when there's likely other issues and topics that you can kind of focus on as a, as a focus point, you know? Mm -hmm. Just as a follow-up, uh, could you explain to us what those purity tests are for our audience? Stuff like he was saying, like holding people to extremely high standards that are just unreasonable for the position that they hold, like talking about how you're not going to support Bernie Sanders anymore because of the language that he used to describe what's going on and, you know, potential temporary solutions, potential solutions to what's going on. I just you prefer final solutions? What? <laughs> you prefer final solutions, generally? Yeah, there no, it's just a, either either a ceasefire that or a That was a joke about the Holocaust. Okay, that was a joke about the Holocaust. Okay. I was just clarifying, no, I don't, no, no, absolutely, absolutely not. Okay, uh, so Chud, I'm, I'm hearing you, but I, I would like for a little bit of clarification sure. about how some of the issues that you've raised are not also equally applicable to the right. Because I see a lot of the things that you're saying, I see that on the right as well, like the, the far right influencing or pushing politicians to the right. I see the right, doing a lot of mm. apologia for things that I would also consider to be, you know, horrible human atrocities. So I've seen a lot of the things, on my perspective, I've seen the right doing, like the far right doing that as well. So could you differentiate about why this is specifically the left going too far and why the right hasn't gone too far? Well, the, the main reason I would talk about the left is, despite what people say about me, you know, I am a progressive. I am on the left, you know, despite the grooming that some conservative people are trying to do to me. You know, I do still exist on the left, and I find it frustrating to see. And I, I don't, I'm not any, any illusion that my, uh, you know, abrasive takes on this are going to really do anything meaningful. Um, you know, I do think there is absolute insanity occurring on the right. Um, so it, it's like, but, but that doesn't really interest me. You know, if I see something or there's something that comes up that I think is crazy, I'll talk about it. Um, you know, and th there's definite hypocrisies and issues with them. I mean, at the moment, the right are kind of focused on this idea that, that cancelling people for speech because they happen to say something uh, pro-Palestine, you know, they're kind of laser focused on that. There's maybe a bit of a schadenfreude, lefties that support cancel culture are now getting cancelled. But yeah, it seems like there's a lot of people who are up for some kind of tit-for-tat cancellings because they got cancelled, so then it's actually justified to cancel them, you know, rather than just laughing but still having the principle. So yeah, there's absolutely issues on the right. It goes further than that. Like Matt Walsh is obviously fucking insane in some of the stuff he says. He wants to outlaw like transition for adults and, you know, things like that. So. If it comes up, I'll talk about it. But I think being on the left, I'm always more interested in, you know, looking at and discussing what the left are doing, really. I have a quick question. So the concept of purity testing came up. Regardless of the party, this is my personal curiosity, is whether it be left or right doing the purity testing, would you guys care to speculate on, like, what's the motivation behind purity testing? Like well, I would say wanting 
whoever it is that you're performing the test against, to just rigidly ideologically align with what you think. And then that's where it's, oh, you, there's this one thing that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things that you don't agree with me on, then fuck you. And that's kind of, that's how, at least how I see it. Yeah, I think, I think that it is an issue on, on the right on certain topics. Um, but I just think they're able to come together more adequately at like election time, say. Like, you know if Trump's on that ticket, the fucking righties are gonna be voting for Trump. But every time there's a discussion about vote blue no matter who, at the moment in the UK we're experiencing this, despite the fact that Starmer is like smashing the polls, um, there's people that are saying, you know, we shouldn't vote Labour, we shouldn't vote Starmer, even though it's always better to have a lefty party or a progressive party in or a liberal party in, you know, because you're going to likely get more concessions and be able to organise better to push them in a certain direction, you know, than you would do with a, a right-wing party, so... You got it, but in terms of the motivation underlying it, motivation. I think, I think, I think that um, you know, uh, political political labels have become like an identity. I think um, we're all functionally liberals at the end of the day. No matter what we call ourselves, no matter what we label ourselves, you know, our day-to-day -day activities is uh, is being a liberal, and that's kind of boring for a lot of people, especially if you're on the left. You want to be, a, you know, a, a fucking anarchist, Marxist-Leninist, whatever, right? So I think that it becomes an identity. And it's a bit like Xbox versus PlayStation. You know, I like playing Xbox. You know, I'm a Marxist-Leninist, and you're a market socialist. And oh, my mind right, and you're wrong. You know, Pepsi left or um, you know Coke left. It's it's very much like a branding thing. And I think that a lot of these online things, uh, it's a consumption thing. You're consuming a type of content, and uh, you know the political identity becomes very personal to you, and so you want to attack anyone else that doesn't agree with you, even on a minute level. Yes. I think. All right. Did anybody else have any other questions? And uh, all right. Bear with us, folks. Um, uh, how do you feel about companies or corporations uh, expressing their opinions on certain social issues? And then one more question for you: At what point in time, like decade or event or whatever, do you think that the left did go too far? Do you want to take the corporate thing? Um, I don't. I don't disagree with it. There's many corporations that express support for the LGBTQ community, and there are some that express, that do not express support, and I just don't spend my money there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's quite obvious that uh, corporations are doing it not because there's necessarily like a corporate level idea behind it, right? Um, there's individuals that maybe have got certain perspectives, but a lot of the time it is to attract certain press coverage or, or certain perspectives. Um, I think it's better, you're better off having a company being generally nice towards LGBTs than not or something like that. Um, I think that there's obviously, it's difficult to put a pin in it exactly. I think for me, the, the kind of downturn was probably George Floyd's murder. I think that was the start of some very um, dangerous pathways that have kind of come to fruition, particularly recently with this uh, Israel-Palestine stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that that kind of started us on, on a pathway where um, we, we, we kind of like became so obsessed with identity and we became obsessed with this idea that, you know, say for example, a police officer kills a black person, there's no way it can be justified no matter what the circumstances are. And that then led to like further violence with the Kenosha riots, 
which led to Carl Rittenhouse, which is you know another another aspect where I think the left got it very very badly wrong. Um, so yeah, I just think it's had this knock-on effect um, that I call Floydism. Obviously, you know, there's a bit more to it than that, but I think this Floydism concept is is kind of underpinning a lot of this, right? Um, this kind of uh, almost sainthood of, of of George Floyd. He didn't deserve to get murdered, but he wasn't some martyred saint that we should, uh, you know, religiously sort of bow down to. And I think it's led to a lot of other conclusions on these sorts of issues that have been, you know, progressively worse and worse for the left. Any thoughts on Floydism? Well, I guess I don't think, I think the George Floyd protests were just protests. I think they were good because I think they kick-started kick a national discussion. Um, I think that there were some negative effects of them, but I think that there were far more positive and research into them, uh, I don't have my laptop in front of me right now, shows that roughly 95% of the protests that took place were peaceful. There wasn't any violence from either side or any side at them. So. I think that given that, and I think that when you have in a nation protests on that level, look, there's going to be violence and some damage. That's, we, we're talking tens of millions of human beings. We, we need to understand that we are human beings, things like that happen. It's not really very good. It's bad. And I think that um, local, state, and even the federal government should help people if they got a business that was, a, you know, there should be some sort of recompense for people who were hurt in whatever way, financially or what have you, in those instances. But I think that if they're largely peaceful, they should be allowed. In the United States, we have something that protects that if they're peaceful, which I think these largely were. And I think it, it really helped, at least for some time, kickstart a national discussion concerning some issues that this country faces. I just want to throw one quick thing in there. What would you say are the top long-term achievements of the Floyd protest movement? I actually don't know. I'd really have to just do a little research. There may not be any. Like I said, I think it, more than anything, it just kind of got a national discussion going, at least for some time. There may not have been any meaningful policy that changed anything. There probably wasn't. Um, but yeah, I think I still yeah. think that protests are good. Didn't a lot of police reform come out of Perhaps I I just I really don't well, know because I never looked into reform. like meaningful stuff that happened after it. I just kind of sure. So I think there were some uh, like some states like got rid of qualified immunity. Um, some that states some good. some states did uh, like defund the police as was to be in the labor movement. They're supposed to be on the left, but it feels that like they've been pushed out by you know, some of the extreme directions that have been taken. Any other thoughts over there, Leo? No, I largely agree with Chud there. I think that's part of the the left needing to organize and advocate. Why are you grooming me so much? What's going on? <laughs> Dude, come on. Anybody else want to help push the conversation along? And welcome to it. Anybody? No? Nobody's got any questions? All right. Anything provocative we, you want to say? Anything provocative you want to let's, say? Let's get provocative. Well, we don't have too Deportation. much in the oh, either, yeah, yeah. so if anybody has any other questions or... Uh, yeah, we'll try to like uh, rock a Q&A section here, less like prompting the conversation, more just questions. Sorry, Leo, this is again for Chad. Is there anything that you feel like the left going too far recently has been a, uh, had a positive, like, uh, positively happened with it going too far? Um, I mean, uh, this is very niche Britbong stuff, so I don't know if this is interesting to what is largely an American audience, of course. Um, but yeah, okay, this, this is so, this is like very deep cut, so bear with me, okay? So in the UK, uh, there's been rail strikes, rail workers have been striking, okay? 
and they started off unpopular. This guy called Mick Lynch used this old school British Labour guy, bulldog face, talking about our labour rights are important and how the politicians are taken from our pocket and all this kind of stuff, right? You know, it's fought, fought viciously. It, the um, public perception of the rail strikes increased. It's then decreased over time. I think that continuing to strike as public perception dwindles away would generally be maybe an example of, a, of going too far, say. Um, but it's actually resulted in uh, <laughs> a bunch of tip. Basically, they're going to close all the ticket offices in the UK for rail stations. Okay, the government has now U-turned on that decision. They're not going to close the ticket offices. So something like that would probably be an example of that. But whether that's interesting to you, I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit Brit bong for uh, the American taste, perhaps. Any thoughts over there, Leo? No. All right. Well, what we'll do then is we will uh, conclude, and we will get our poll uh, for the uh, room. So I'll hand the mic over to James here. Unless James had any other super thought-provoking questions. Say, we did come to discuss a different thing, I think. So if anything, it's James's fault that this happened. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's James's fault that all of this happened, or I should yeah. say that we thank James that this is happening. That's what I meant, yeah. Thank you very much yeah. to no, the no. debate front. I have applause for the debate, please. Thank you. That's nice of you. I do wonder, I, I'm just surprised that there aren't other possible issues that might be relevant. Uh, anything just in terms of topics? What are we going with? Free speech. Like, oh, okay. is there a pressure against free speech by the far left? Um, there's been this kind of rewriting of history recently from uh, components of the left, I feel, because I remember a time when there's no such thing as cancel culture, it's consequence culture. You know, the idea of free speech was literally a meme. If a righty was to talk about how important free speech is, the response was free speech, free speech, free speech. It was like a, a mockery of the concept of free speech when the left additionally have been very good on free speech. Now, obviously, you don't know exactly what an individual's view is, right? Someone that's currently getting canceled for a pro-Palestine uh, take maybe has got a very, uh, you know, good record on free speech and supporting it. Um, but like I say, whilst you should still be principled, it's kind of funny that there's certain uh, people now who are all of a sudden very concerned about, about free speech. You know, there's people, uh, like commentators on Twitter, where they're saying, oh, why are you not concerned about this person getting cancelled? And there's like numerous examples of them previously just showing a callous disregard to the concept of free speech and you know, others getting cancelled or removed from a college or removed from a job or something like that. Um, so, so yeah, I think that at the moment the left do have a very strong argument on free speech for the pro-Palestine stuff, but it's very one-sided, very time-orientated, and it seems like they only really care because it's happening to, to, to them now more readily. Well, with the, pal sorry to follow up. with the Palestine stuff specifically, isn't that because they were like kind of doxing people to a degree? Yeah. That way we can uh, hear it in the live stream too. Hi, sorry about that. So with the Palestine stuff mm. specifically, there was uh, a billboard going around New York City, I believe it was, that had their pe the per people's information and names, where they, I think where they live, but don't quote me on that one, I'm not entirely sure. But so wouldn't that be a bit beyond the cancel, the, the consequences culture that the left talked about with people getting fired from their job because they, they did something kind of abhorrent? Or Sure. I mean, yeah, do doxing is obviously bad. Driving around in a billboard is bad. But, you know, we, there's obviously examples of people losing their job. But there's also examples of people getting doxed on the Internet for having the wrong political opinions. So I think that the idea this is like a new thing where people are getting doxed for having the wrong opinions. Um, you know, they used to be like Antifa accounts and they'd be like 
let me introduce you to this Nazi. Here's his name, here's his address. You know, um, I think that, that doxing is a tool that's been used previously um, in regards to cancer culture. It's bad whenever it happens, but you know, it's just a bit frustrating when people only seem to care about it when it happens to, you know, their side. You know, it's very, uh, yeah. I, what would your fellow's opinions be on Elon, the Twitter files, the takeover, Twitter? Give us your thoughts on okay. that and the free speech I still uh, call that they Twitter, wrote. I still on. call them tweets. I still call them quote tweets. I ignore Elon Musk. I think he's the biggest fucking idiot on the planet. He can do whatever he wants and he has free speech. But he's a, he's a moron. He's an absolute moron. Yeah, I mean, you know, Twitter is a, a, a shit show these days. Um, I think that especially like, it's like there's some stuff he does and it's, it's kind of 50-50 in some ways of how good and bad it is. Like getting monetized on Twitter is good. Not that I'm monetized, but that's good. But then the bad is people post engagement bait. If it's just one of those Facebook memes where it's like, you know, oh, what's, what's your cat's name or something like that based on your first letter of your name or something like that, who cares? But when it's like, this um, Israeli burnt baby is an AI image, which is fake news, obviously, you know, and that's the engagement bait. You know, it's kind of fucking insane. Um, so yeah, I think it's cultivated, uh, this, this culture of just rampant misinformation. Community Notes is good, but it's got flaws. Yeah, I um, agree with that take. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I think there is some hysteria about it. There's people that are constantly leaving Twitter and then next week they're posting again. <laughs> um, but there's, there's, there's definitely, you know, valid criticisms of, uh, of, of Twitter under Elon Musk. I agree with that. I think there's quite valid criticisms of how Twitter has sort of, I would say, devolved under its purchase from Elon Musk. This one from online asking, is the left more concerned with equal outcomes rather than equal opportunities? And is this a problem? God, I think that, it, that's I think a question it just, from 2016, isn't it? Jesus. I think it just depends on who you ask on the left. I think that could, that could vary. So wait, wait, so the left are more concerned with equal outcomes and equal opportunities. Is that right? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, it's asking if it's a problem. If it is the case that the left does do that, uh, has that position, as well as if it's a problem. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Um, it's a very simplistic way of looking at it, and I think there's a lot more to it than that. But I mean, you know, there's there's some people. I mean, if someone's a fucking vegetable with no arms and no legs in a bed somewhere, you know, no amount of opportunity is going to benefit them. There's some people that do need more help, and obviously, you know, we should set up society to reasonably administer that help in the direction of those kinds of people where required. But you know, on the other side of it, I think that there does need to be a, an onus on you know. He who cannot work will not eat. I mean, that's obviously a bit absurd, but if someone is able to work, I think that there should be a sort of pressure. Like, okay, this is one thing I think that's really frustrating is this GoFundMe, the GoFundMe industrial complex, okay? You've got, generally speaking, um, some sad saps that sat at home. Um, they don't have a job. They don't have any meaningful gainful income from anything. And every month they need money for rent. They need money for rent. Most people will go and get a job to fix that issue. But inevitably, they've got you know, a whole um, range of mental illnesses that prevent them from doing anything beyond, I guess, posting on Twitter and laying around in bed. Um, sounds a bit like a conservative meme, but these people do exist. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of insane. And it makes the left look like kind of lazy layabouts. Rather, and I just think that's uh, a bad image. Not beyond what I said before, that Equal opportunity or equal outcome, I think, kind of depends on the situation. And amongst leftists, I think it's probably going to depend on who you ask which one they would prefer or which one 
they hold to? Maybe you, depending on what your guys' thoughts are coming into this question, whether or not the left has, as a political party, moved more to the left, and likewise, maybe the right has as well. Like those could both I be the case. I think there has been a polarization that each side is moving further into. Is sort of like solidifying itself and moving further now. Look, I'm a leftist, so I think that moving further to the left, like, yeah, we got cookies, come on over. But moving further to the right, no, no, that's fascism. Well, you know, it depends. I mean, if, if like I say, I think the left should be a, a primarily labor movement and that should be the focus. And uh, some of this stuff is, it's not even necessarily moving left in a traditional sense to more labor, labor uh, politics and stuff like that. It's almost like it's going in the wrong direction, um, you know. Listen, I'm all up for equality, and I am obviously uh, up for black people and LGBT people, all that stuff, genuinely. Um, but I think there has been a kind of spiraling down to a almost obsessive focus on identity issues at the cost of class-based, labor-based politics. And I think that's de uh, a detriment, you know? Gotcha. Leo, in terms of... Do we need to argue more? We're not really disagreeing. <laughs> Come on, this is supposed to be a debate. What are we doing? Get us fighting about something. Come on. You'd mentioned George Floyd being a catalyst for this move to the farther left. Yeah, Floydism. I'm wondering about Floydism. Floydism. Thank you. And I'm wondering, Leo, you mentioned you think that the party has indeed moved further to the left. What are your thoughts on what maybe caused this? What are the contributing factors? Um, I think that the Trump movement starting in about 2015 and watching somebody push this nation that close to fascism, the guardrails of democracy held up, as they should, um, really made people look and go, oh, this is, this is bad. No, we, we should structure a society more around people rather than around people in power. Also, I, I, do, I should also add, I, I think it's generational. So I think that as millennials have aged, through up to now and as now Gen, what Gen Z I think it is, is aging and getting into their late teens and into their 20s, that they're, they're more, much more left-leaning generations than the generations before them. And I, I would say that I think the data bears that out. Um, and I think that the generations following Gen Z are probably going to continue that trend. That seems to be a trend, at least going back the last 100 years. The, the, um, the boomers were a little bit more progressive than the silent generation and the Gen X a little bit more progressive than the boomers and the silence and the millennials are certainly more progressive than the boomers. And so I think that there's just more of a progression towards leftism generationally. And I think, I just think a lot of that has to do with the left has better ideas rather than being rooted in traditionalism and centering society or structuring it rather around traditional values and mores making society much more progressive and sort of opening society up to more people and affording them similar rights uh, is what a lot of people want. They want everybody to be able to live comfortably in society and they want to knock down those hierarchies that, that have existed, that keep people. If you're saying, if you're saying you, you, the left has better ideas. Yes, absolutely. Right. Okay. So the right has no good ideas. Um, the question was the right has no good no. ideas. The right in the it's, US. It's, it's, it's very much you know, it just sounds like you're saying, to Judge point, we're the good guys. Yeah, I think we and, are. And I hang around a lot of circles, you know, <laughs> including right-wing circles. The 
one of the, one of the things that that right wings don't do, white wingers don't do, is say that we are the good guys. Now they will say the left is the bad guy, but th it's so much more focused. Now I don't agree with that, but but I, I you know you can't just say we have the better ideas and they have no good ideas. That's one thing to disagree with them, but you can't be a little charitable to the right at all. N not the right in the U.S. now. No, there are some like moderate conservatives that talk about things, and I'm like, okay, that's. That makes sense. That's decent. But I mean, most of their economic ideas are rooted within a capitalist mode of production. I'm just going to reject that entire mode of production. So even if the idea is like good in capitalism, I don't care about capitalism. So, and the, the social ideas, I mean, I, there's either conservatives that are just a little bit more socially liberal. Or it's that, that, no, socially, I think conservatism just d does not win at all. Um, because it's either that they're a bigot or they are just more socially liberal. Economically, I think that within the capitalist framework, the conservatives can have some pretty good ideas. I think this is, the, this is a, an, an issue, though, is when you put yourself in the position of we are the good guys, right? This leads you to this issue that I think you've got where you was being a little bit ironic when I said that I was just kind of no 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 sure flowery. sure sure okay but the point but you clearly think that the left is the best superior you know the right yeah, side I do, I do think leftism is superior to conservatism as a as a way of looking at and framing society and how we should carry it forward absolutely yeah because I, I just feel like um, when people have this kind of perspective um, you know it, it leads to a sort of uh, less What's the way to put this? Um, it's, ideologue. it's like an ideologue situation, right? Where um, the truth becomes less important, being an ideologue and pushing your ideology is the thing that matters. Because what if you came across some information that showed you that, well, capitalism is superior at this, right? Or that the market is good at doing so this or something like that. I change my mind in that instance. Okay. I was met with data that conflicted, reasonable, reliable data that I accepted that conflicted with so, the view so that I had. So is, is there data, is, if, if let's say I had a file here, okay, and it was foolproof, 100%, capitalism is the best, you would look at it and go, I'm a capitalist now. Probably. Well, it would come down to like reading it, understanding it, thinking about it, and then, yeah, my mind would probably change. I'm almost certain it would. Hmm, okay. And that's how I became a Marxist. Right, okay. But you're not worried that you're so, that you could possibly be Could you repeat the no. question for them, Leo? Oh, could it be possible that I'm so ideologically rooted that it sort of hinders my ability to change my mind or would prevent me from changing my mind? I don't think so. I really don't. I do want to give you an opportunity, Leo. Uh, Leo, this whole time you've been saying the left is great. I love the left. There are countless examples of cities and states in the United States, specifically in California on the West Coast, mm -hmm. where the state government, the city government, every government all the way down, they're all lefties. The lefties are running everything. And we still have, in my opinion, really bad things happening. But could you talk about, like, would you have any criticism for that? Would you say- Yeah, I would criticize that. kind of making mistakes there. Would but I would also say, I do not think California is run by leftists. I think California is run by liberals. And I don't agree with most of the policies that liberals there's another group cut out. Liberal. Boom, liberals. They're liberals. They're not part of the left. No, well, there is. You can just slice that wherever you want, can't you? Well, they're not a real well, lefty. They're no, not a real lefty. Go look up classical liberalism. You'll notice that it is 
It is distinct from leftism. You are like the Hannibal Lecter of political ideology. No, I just, ideology. I understand. Cutting out the bits that you don't want. Political there we go, nuance. cut that. Oh, I like I that. I understand the nuance between different views where liberals are, classical liberals are more left than conservatives. They're not leftists. They don't hold to leftism. They hold okay. the classical liberalism. Classical liberalism and leftism do share a couple of things. They are still different political ideologies. I just understand the nuances because I've studied political philosophy and political science. Well, it's... Uh, I do want to give an opportunity to Leo. Are there any issues that you'd like to, you could say, pounce on Chud with in terms of saying, hey, you really should. Here's a far left position you really should be taking that you've read deeply on and you feel like you can ambush him with. Um, Have well, you watched I, my content, by the way? What's up? Have you watched my content? I'm not uh, being egotistical. No, I'm just I've, I watched a little bit of like some videos, and then okay. I was just like, "This guy really isn't saying anything that like bad." So I was like, "Okay, I'll just see what it's like when, when we get there." I thought your debate on the fucking just oil thing was terrible, to be honest. My debate on the what? The just stop oil protests. That's fine. My debate. Okay, so I had a deba <laughs> wait. I had a debate on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you had a whole debate on that guy. Listen, when, okay, listen. <laughs> when did I debate? I'm being obnoxious. I'm being obnoxious, okay? I had I'm going a too far. about it. No, I'm going too far, okay? Let's just relax. <laughs> right, sorry. What, what are we doing again? What just happened? I forgot. Oh, we were going to have Leo. If there's anything you feel like you're especially well-read on <laughs> and you would love to ambush Chud with in, say, in terms of making a case for a far-left position saying, like, hey, uh, chance for you to go on the offense. Um... Yes, but I really don't want to. <laughs> I just don't want to get into it right now. You probably don't know what I think exactly. Do we, we do have well, a lot of time. We have no. 41 minutes until the next debate. Hey, so how long we got? We have 41 minutes until the next debate. So we do have plenty of time. Oh, to my God. Jesus Christ. I thought we'd been here for like two hours. Jesus. <laughs> like pulling teeth, isn't it? <laughs> you need to get us, we need to get a fine about something. We're going to have to have a fucking boxing match in a minute. Jesus Christ. Um, Okay, fuck me. Um, what else? What else is there? Jesus. Um, Wait, the question was for Leo. If you have anything. Sorry, sorry. I'm taking. Look, I'm going to shut up for a bit. You sure? Well, because so, so you I'm sure he probably believes in universe, universal health care. I mean, for Christ's sake, he lives in the United Kingdom. I would imagine he sounds like he's sort of, you know, a labor person, somebody who's going to believe in higher wages, probably stronger unions, maybe better labor protections, things like that. <laughs> So, I mean, he said he's, he considers himself progressive and on the left. He may just have criticisms about the left to go it, and it going too far. So if he's largely going to be progressive and on the left, we're probably not going to disagree on much unless it gets into Marxism. And I just don't think we need to get into that right now. You got it. I don't, I, that I don't know. I, I don't know his positions well enough. That he is a leftist, a leftist. I, st I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, listen. I, I can't honestly make We're all liberals. Everyone in this room is a liberal. I'm not, okay. I'm not a liberal. Okay. What have you done that's leftist? What have what I done? What action have you well, taken in the world that's just not, talking about ideas? That's not really what defines leftism. Like the ideas okay. you hold to that right. can inform I your actions, I th yes. I, th but I, th I just personally think that actions speak louder than words. That's great. As yeah. my mother used to tell me, okay? Anyway, sorry, I'm being really obnoxious. <laughs> I can't resist, I'm sorry. For okay, the right. sake of argument, earlier in the debate, it was focused to a, in the very start of the debate on leftist leaders. Leo, let's say for the sake of argument, oh, you no. are going to grant that 
if you are willing to entertain so, to Chud's point, Hassan is, is, is a leader on the left. Let's say that you were going to grant and kind of go with the flow on that point that Chud was kind of trying to make where I, before I said, okay, it looks like there's an impasse here. We'll go to somewhere else. For the sake of argument, if you were to grant Chud's point going into that conversation. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, what about Hassan being representative of the left? Um, okay. <laughs> we're back again. Let's go. Here we go. We're looping. We're looping again. <sighs> okay. And this is the bit I guess I came to have. I just am concerned. And the reason I say the left has gone too far is you've got prominent voices like Hassan Piker who are saying things on their streams and on their content that is leading them to be on mainstream news programs. He's been on the BBC. He's mm -hmm. been on Piers Morgan, which is a big YouTube channel. And there's even an article written in the Daily... Hey? No, you said Piers Morgan, which is a big YouTube channel. That just made me laugh a little bit. Why? You know, because he has his own TV show that's aired and everything like that. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's got a, yeah, I mean, he, I know him from, he used to edit, edit the mirror, he's a big journalist guy. Anyway, um, it's kind of concerning to me that he's able to go on these platforms and um, he is presented, you know, regardless of what your perception is, he is presented as the left. You know, he is the progressive streamer, he is the lefty streamer. There was recently a Daily Mail article that was written about him. The Daily Mail is the second biggest um, news website in the UK. I think it's like the 129th biggest website in the entire fucking world. And it gets about 400 million views a day. Now, this article, the headline was written in a pretty harsh way, um, I it's think. It's the Daily Mail. Yeah, it's the Daily Mail, <laughs> right? Um, however, the things that Hassan said, it's not a million miles away to suggest that the kind of tone that was set in the, uh, the article um, was, was totally and utterly unreasonable. There was some level of uh, kernel of truth, you could say, in the article. So, you know, my concern is that he is putting himself in a position where he's got all this attention and all this viewership and even getting mainstream news attention now, and they were able to take what he's saying, um, not make too many leaps, and present an absolutely insane image of progressives and the left. And they can underline it with biggest streamer on the biggest, uh, you know, biggest political streamer on the biggest streaming site. And it just, uh, you know, po it's poisonous. It's poisonous. Yes, it is. To, you know. I would just say that's the media taking somebody who is a leftist and who is very influential and very large, probably, the, I think he is the largest like streamer in general, let alone leftist streamer, uh, and taking his words and then using that to represent an entire group. Because I'm a leftist. I don't agree with a lot of what Hassan has said. I don't know if you would consider yourself a leftist, but it certainly seems like you don't agree with a lot of what Hassan said. So while Hassan has said bad things, and that does open up that window for the media to then jump in and run with that, um, I also think that some blame does go to the media there. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, for me, it's just about, and again, I'm just a retard with a fucking small YouTube channel and stream, but it's about asking, demanding better from these thought leaders so that, you know, or, or these people that are, that are going on these shows to have a more, more, not even a more moderate position. You can have a strong position about something, but root it more in fact and analysis than, you know. Emotion an emotion or, or sort of a vitriolic stream that is extremely, you know, you just go, go on as an ideologue and present one side of it exclusively and don't give any, uh, you know, ground to other information. Um, yeah, I just think it's a shame that the people that are now representing uh, the, the left predominantly from the online space are people like Hassan. Um, and, and, and yeah, this is a kind of what I wanted to get into. Appreciate we came for different conversations, it seems. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very frustrating to see. And you know, 
I don't know how it's going to get better. Because, mm. because uh, sorry, one more point. I know I've spoken a lot, I've spoken way too much. It's good, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, provocative, me coming out and going, Israel fucking bombed that hospital and there's no two ways about it. They definitely did it. And they also slaughtered a bunch of fucking babies as well. And did it. That's a lot more entertaining than yeah, going, well, let's wait for more information. This organization is saying this, that's that bias, that's that bias, and so on. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I do think his comments regarding specifically that hospital incident were very, very, um, I don't know if premature, I guess, yeah, premature would be a word I could use there. Um, I, I'm just, I'm really not, I'm probably going to agree with a lot of what you say about Hassan because I'm not myself really a very big fan of Hassan. I mean, I don't think sure. he's like a horrible person, but I just, he has a lot of takes and I don't agree with them. He approaches things from a perspective that I don't really agree with myself. Um, and I think that in finding ways to improve this is just other large leftist streamers coming out and criticizing him because I think it's probably pretty obvious that his audience isn't going to do that. You got it. Out of curiosity, what age would you say, this is a question from online, what age would you say the majority of Hassan Piker's followers are? I don't know why they're... I really don't know. Um, I could throw out a range and I'd probably be wrong. But if I had to guess, I'd guess anywhere between probably the, the, the average, probably like 17 to 24, or maybe 25, something like that. Yeah, that, that would probably constitute 60% of his, of his audience, um, you know, 30% the next age bracket up, and then it would kind of taper off from there. So, um, yeah, predominantly a, a younger audience. And, um, and, and, and yeah, like these are the people that are going to be going mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, and those yeah. younger people are more malleable than, you know, older people that kind of have been watching streamers and been a part of that community long enough to actually have a little bit more of that common sense. And that is something that does kind of concern me because then that, that has the potential to solidify those younger people into views that aren't the greatest, that they keep moving forward rather than changing or being able to get a broader view of things and sticking with only what their favorite streamer says. I'm curious. Okay, so it sounds like you guys understood the question. The reason they asked it, you guys are thinking, is because, uh, as you said, Leo, uh, they're wanting an explanation for why it is, too, that they're so young. And one other question. Someone in the chat had said, is it the case that they're going to age out of this? In other words, I think, I don't know if this is true. I've heard that there's research that people become slowly more conservative on average. Whether or not that's actually empirical, I don't know. And well, I, I really don't know either well, on that. The, what they say is that if you're not a liberal by the time you're 20, you don't have a heart. If you're not a conservative by the time you're 30, you don't have a brain. That is the truism <laughs> of the situation, right? So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think as you get older, you get your family, um, you know, your, your, your sort of um, tax. You're going to want to pay less tax because you want to want more for your family to build a little nest and so on. So yeah, I think generally you will trend more conservative the older you get, I'd say. One question for, uh, for me personally is I wonder about the idea of deplatforming. And so, for example, modern day debate, we get pressure. Uh, though I want to be fair, it's certainly not all, and, and I wouldn't even say it's the majority of people that lean far left that are critics of modern day debate. It's kind of like pockets out there in different groups. Is deplatforming, that philosophy, because you know we've hosted controversial people on modern day debate, is that a problem among some people on the far left? As in they want it 
more than they should, or as in they don't advocate it as much as they should, a problem. And is so I can just address both. Is it bad that, it, or, but maybe to be fair, I want to give you a chance. Like you might want to make a case for deplatforming. I want to give you a chance. I don't want to stat, I don't want to like uh, kind of prime you for going in a certain yeah. direction. I think that deplatforming can work. I'm not going to say it's the solution in every instance, but I think that there are instances where it should be the solution. And I think that deplatforming works. And I think that Tucker Carlson shows us that as his viewership dropped massively when he was let go from Fox and is doing his thing somewhere out there in the ether that nobody cares about because he's not on Fox anymore. So I think that shows that deplatforming works. Um, whether Tucker Carlson should have been deplatformed, I, I don't really care because uh, I don't watch Tucker Carlson and I don't watch Fox and I don't care what Fox does. But I, I don't think that deplatforming should be used in every instance. But I do think that there are some instances in which it, it is the right decision to make. Got it. Chad, any thoughts? Um, I mean, the, the thing is, is uh, one issue I have with conservatives when I speak about this sometimes is they want to make it very simple. You know, someone should never be deplatformed, right? I think maybe in principle there's an argument that someone should always have a voice somewhere. But the problem you've got with these platforms is they're run by advertising money, right? And Kellogg's Corn Flakes does not want to run an advert next to your fucking Holocaust denial documentary, right? <laughs> you know, they don't want to have you going into gruesome detail about trans surgeries and how terrible it is next to a fucking Nike advert, right? It's quite obvious that there needs to be some moderation in order to allow these platforms to be profitable. And as a creator, yes, I'm biased. I obviously get a cut of that money too. Um, so it's a bit more complicated than conservatives um, like to make out. And I think when you look at platforms like Rumble, I've said this for a long time, they like to present themselves as the free speech platform. Meanwhile, they are doing under the table moderation. You know, Nick Fuentes has had streams taken down. Um, you know, other creators um, have had to have uh, streams deleted and things like that. So they're presenting this free speech image while doing this kind of under the table moderation. Kick, which started off as a bit more free, I think, than it is now, has had to put in place more rules as people have pushed boundaries and things like that. They're thinking about advertising in the future. So you can have the, all the principles you want about free speech, and I agree with a lot of them. I'm a big free speech guy. But at the end of the day, who pays the fucking bills? It's the advertisers. And who runs the advertisers? Not Jews, capitalists. Sorry, <laughs> there you just go. in case yeah. you were wondering where I was going with that. But yeah, so you know, it's, it's a bit more complicated than the right like to make out. In principle, I'm against it. But if your presence is that detrimental to advertising cash, um, I don't want to fucking lose a pay packet because someone else wants to say some crazy shit about COVID. So unfortunately, in some cases, you, you've got to go. Go to Rumble. Thank you. We do have time for Q&A. Any, any additional questions? You got it. We'd love to hear it. Come on down. Uh, <laughs> Next so jab. At least someone's debating him. <laughs> uh, so you, just, you know, you said I, I don't read, follow Tucker, right? Like maybe you probably don't watch Fox News. Right? No. Do you digest anything on the right? Uh, I mean, you know, like, do, like how do you even know anything about your enemy if you don't even? I live in very rural, white, conservative Iowa. I, I really don't need to go online or be in online circles or even watch Fox News or The Daily Wire to understand what conservatives believe. 
um, because I hear it at the, at, in the offices at the co-ops in the morning when all the old ass farmers are in there talking about how they just hate trans people because it's so different from how they were raised. I, I hear it directly. And when I see those same things repeated by conservatives online like Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro, for me that just solidifies that that is probably a very popular conservative position. So for me, my understanding of conservatives comes from being entirely entrenched in conservative culture, if you haven't noticed my hat. <laughs> of course I am wearing it backwards, so that's kind of my fault if you haven't. <laughs> um, Judd, I don't expect you to weigh in on this. I don't know how crazy the laws are in the UK about bashing you know, stuff, but how do you see the hate speech laws in the UK and if you approve them, would you want that same version or worse or better in the United States? What are the hate speech laws in the UK? <laughs> I really don't know what, what the UK's um, laws on that are. Are, okay. they, are they a bit extreme to or something? To give you an example, or? there's a young lady that was uh, at a visit from the Metropolitan Police for quoting the lyrics to a, a rap song on the oh, Facebook okay. wall. Yeah, I've of heard her of some friend. incidences of this happening in the UK. Then there's, of course, these. Yeah, I think, that's Dankula, kind of, you know. I think that's kind of bonkers. I would not want that in the United States. Thank God that I don't believe in for the Constitution. So I would say that, yeah, I think that that's, that's going too far or there's something in that law that allows it to go too far and I, w I would not support that. I'm, I'm pretty like, I think that uh, on TV and radio, I, st I do still think it should be within reason. You shouldn't be able to make a commercial using the N-word and uh, poking fun at black people. But I do largely believe in, in no, no censorship. So like, where they censor movies and TV shows, get rid of that. It, as a parent, if you, don't want, if you don't want to see it just yourself, don't watch it then. But don't bitch about it being on there. As a parent, if you don't want your children watching it, then be a parent and be responsible and don't let your children watch it. And I honestly think the same thing should be on the radio. We should stop censoring songs. If you don't want to listen to it, change the station. If you don't want your children listening to it, change the station, but don't bitch that it's there. So I'm, I'm actually pretty big on free speech, more so than you might find from other leftists out there. Now, maybe I'm, my mind is just poisoned from you know hearing my dad watch Fox News in the <laughs> side room, but wouldn't a Marxist-Leninist work really hard to I'm prevent. not a Marxist-Leninist. I'm a Marxist, but not a Marxist. The, the Leninist part like is I said, not. Like I said, I only got my news from the Fox News and the opposite. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck the difference between Marxist and Leninist is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But in your worldview, if you had the world going the way you wanted to and somebody were to hold a pro-capitalist rally, would you allow him to have that rally? Absolutely. Because if I had it my way, I think everybody would just walk right past it. So... I mean, I can, I can weigh in a bit. I mean, I've spoken a lot. No? Okay. I'll just... Uh... <laughs> weigh in. Come on, yeah, weigh in. Okay, cool. <laughs> I just feel like I've spoken so much and I feel... Uh... Okay, I'm going to keep talking because I love the sound of my own voice. Um, okay, so to answer the, kind of the, the Marxist-Leninist aspect, I think maybe what you're referencing is something that has happened in history, and it's that if there's been a successful revolution, um, often there will be, like re-education or there'll be atrocities that are committed against capitalists and things like that. It's something that has happened before. Um, so, so yeah, I think I can see where you're coming from there. In terms of the UK, that's the main thing I wanted to talk about, is there's all sorts of insane speech laws that exist in the UK. Um, the way that like the hate speech uh, legislation is worded, I don't know the exact name of the law and the exact wording, but it's to do with like 
you know, if you if you cause like offence and, and and stuff like that. So just causing offence to someone could potentially mean that you're visited the language by the is quite vague, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's vague so that they can basically do what they want with it. And there's mm -hmm. also things something called a public order offence. So you know, to put it in very simple terms, I recommend going and watching a video about it with more details. But let's say there's a protest and there's loads of Palestinian protesters there with the Palestine flag. If I come up and I've got my fucking you know Union Jack or my St George's cross. Um, the police can potentially, if they feel that my presence there is, is, is causing um, an issue essentially, um, they can ask me to move on or potentially um, uh, arrest me. So there are big problems uh, with that. And it does kind of lead, and we've seen this recently of this kind of almost mob rule, where if there's a big enough protest, you want to counter protest, well it's easier to get rid of you than it is to deal with the fucking hordes of angry, whatever they are, you know, coming against you. So, sorry, anyway. Just want to throw it in there. No, you're all good. I'll start with a little protest that I, I'm not your father. On, people online were insisting that hasn't. It's not the case <laughs> at all. So that aside. <laughs> but, okay. but to your point, Leo, uh, Tucker Carlson, I was just looking online. Hassan uh, Abi has like 1.8 million followers and, and Tucker like 10 million. And his shows are getting like between 30 and 90 million hits. So, so he's quite a, a formidable force on that uh, X platform. Um, but the reason I bring him up was just to give you a context point is he talks a bit about this replacement uh, theory. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we, I know it's in the news a lot with the folks uh, coming from the southern border. I think it's a little uh, um, loopy for sure, but, but the I idea that... I think it's very racist. No, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and and I, I, don't, I don't entirely disagree. Maybe xenophobic more than racist. Um, Perhaps, but, yeah. But the, the southern border is uh, an issue, right, with a lot of folks there. And the more tribal we become, the more polarized we become as a society. I've lived in America now 32 years. This is the most polarized I've ever seen it. What would you both think of... Um, and maybe more of an international perspective, is how, how do you think close we are to this denigrating into it's like a civil war kind of situation where people become that tribal that they just want to kill each other? I honestly, I think that we are quite polarized as a country. I'm, I've only lived in the country for 28 years and have been consciously aware of what's going on for maybe 20 of it, if you know what I mean. But I do agree that this is the most polarized I've ever seen this country. Um, how do I want to word this? I think a lot of that is just public it's 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 not i think that like when we get in the, these kinds of conversations and in these kinds of situations i think we tend to find more common ground and tend to and i think a lot of it has to do with actually being here face to face without a screen in front of us you, yeah. there's a little bit more humanity to it and i think people i think in that sense this country maybe isn't quite as divided as it seems publicly, or at least that we would be more likely to find that common ground and to have discussions with each other. Um, so I, I hope that was a decent response. I think it was. I think I got everything there. I have a follow-up to that, because um, I think we we'll see things through our present lens. But if you look at back at um, past historical debates and stuff like that, you can see the same vitriol in different areas in history. And by golly, we fought a civil war in this country. So there have been points in the past of this history of this country where we've been much more polarized today. What oh, yeah. we're seeing now is social media. We're exposed to these opposing views and opinions. And mm -hmm. I think that's what you're seeing. And in some cases, I do believe the left has gone too far when it comes to policy positions like he brought up, I think like laws against Holocaust denialism, laws against talking about vaccines. Um, so, and, and the reason why I don't want those laws is because I want to 
confront those bad opinions. I want to mm -hmm. provide the context and the evidence and and refute them so they don't go into hiding into their small insular private communities and develop these deeper conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bring the Nazis out into the world so that we can all intellectually beat up on them instead of letting them fester and putrefy in their own echo chambers. I very much agree with that. On the other side? Yeah, I mean, I'm against Holocaust denialism laws because I want to be able to deny the Holocaust without getting arrested, personally. <laughs> uh, oh, this one's more for Chad. So I know it seems like you were kind of focused on or expecting a debate, again, of the leftist influencers. So would you say if whether it's the left has gone too far or have the leftist influencers gone too far? Because, for instance, like you mentioned Hassan, he himself called himself a propagandist on the Piers mm. Morgan debate. And he also says he calls himself just a dumb uh, YouTuber who has no influence, but he's also making yeah. these, you know, I mean, that, quick that's decisions. That's what Dr. Carlson said as well, right? That was yeah. Dr. Carlson's defense in a court case, so, yeah. Yeah, so do you feel like so, whether the left has gone too far or, like, the leftist influence has gone too far? Well, it's, it's kind of a, a moot point in many ways, because if leftist influencers are going too far and pushing bad ideas, that's going to have a trickle-down effect to a, a broader left movement in some, in some way. Um, you know, and I think that this is evidenced by, uh, if anyone's followed it, um, so Ethan Klein, they do a podcast together, Leftovers podcast on Ethan Klein's channel. Ethan, obviously an OG YouTuber, big channel, lots of influence, and, um, you know, Ethan has got a very strong anti-Israeli position, but he knows people from Israel. His wife was in the IDF. Um, so, you know, he has got a very strong anti-Israel position, but all he was saying was, let's have a moment to just reflect on how insane it is that, you know, um, 1,400 um, Israeli civilians were killed. And, um, you know, he was called a Zionist and he was criticized, and this is likely coming from Hassan's audience. So. You know, it's like it trickles down. And then what's the perception of people who aren't as integrated into these spaces that see that, that can kind of contextualize it? Because I can contextualize it as what it is. But if you're looking from the outside looking in, you're seeing a bunch of people, say, coming in and going, you're a Zionist. If you're an Ethan Klein fan, maybe a bit more of a normie because he's more of a normie YouTuber, you know, you're going to be thinking, what, this is insanity. Like, I've heard him talk about this and criticized this issue before, you know? So, yeah, I think there's this kind of trickle down impact and effect. Um, that just leads to more and more uh, bad press for like a progressive movement. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to move into uh, the, uh, the poll that we're going to do at the end. So I'm going to hand it over to our chief here to uh, get our poll and the raise of the hand. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Thanks very much, folks. If you are leaning even to a small extent or to a great extent, toward has the left gone too far in particular, yes, you raise your hand. And then if you would say no, I do not think that the left has gone too far, would you raise your hand? Okay, great. While Ryan does the math, I want to direct our online audience. You can predict the outcome for this vote at the manifold link in the description box. Click on that link right now. Get your prediction in for this particular debate. There have been some su surprises today. Oh, Joe. So as, by the way, I want to explain just for the uh, 
in-person audience, in case you hadn't heard it yet, as well as for the online audience, the way these polls work is it's just a percentage change. So let's say theoretically that Chud got uh, maybe 80% at the start of the debate when we put our hands up, but now you see he has 88%. Well, then that would mean that Chud won. So. I want to give our speakers a huge round of applause. Thank you guys, gentlemen. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you for being in the hot seat. And want to give a huge thank you. Again, we really do appreciate Manifold. They are linked in the description box. We'll have a final vote for the final debate, which is starting in roughly 15 minutes. We'll give you guys a chance to use the restroom, stretch your legs, whatever you need to do. And we'll see you in about 15 minutes. That's our headline debate, Destiny versus Sean Fitzgerald. Trump versus Biden, who is best for America's future? Looking forward to seeing you there.